Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. And look, business is just about wrapped up at the Texas Capitol. So we have a lot to talk about this segment of the Texas Values Report. You know, we talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom as they relate to the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. And a lot's being talked about at the legislature because the Texas legislative session, which we do a lot of work around their cycle and their schedule, is about to wrap up. You know, we've got someone at the Capitol all 140 days of the uh, Texas legislative session, and those days are about to run out. As a matter of fact, Monday, May 31st, Memorial Day, is the final day of the state legislative session. Our team will be there. Unfortunately, we won't be taking a vacation day because that's the final day of the legislative session. The Capitol will be working, the uh, members of the legislature, and so a little bit of work left to do. As a matter of fact, as we're talking on this show, we're still waiting for a final vote on House Bill 1239. That is the Freedom to Worship Bill, and we're going to talk a little bit about that with our guest today, our good friend Jeremy Dice. Jeremy Dice serves as special counsel to First Liberty Institute. He testified at the state legislature on a variety of issues, but primarily on the freedom to worship issue and Senate Bill 26, the Senate version during that time. But he also had written testimony submitted on the issue of House Bill 1239. So it's great to have his insight today. Jeremy, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Hey, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. You bet. Well, look, I know at First Liberty Institute, you are based in the state of Texas but you do work on religious liberty across the country. You focus on litigation, but a lot of times state legislatures and their leaders, elected officials uh, at the state and federal level, but particularly for our show, the state level, they want insight on what's happening or what the analysis is when it comes to deciding on legislation. So you were at the Texas Capitol earlier this session. Man, it seems like it was a long time ago, but it was the beginning of March. It was an early Monday morning. But there you were testifying on a very important issue. And and House Bill 1239, the one we're talking about, is similar to a lot of bills we've seen across the country. And that's addressing the concern of the government overreach, particularly during COVID height, forcing churches to shut down and violating their constitutional rights. Tell us a little bit about that issue and why it was so important for First Liberty to get involved. Yeah, and look, I I should start off by saying thanks to you and the work that Texas Values is doing for the state of Texas here, for my family and for all those across the state Uh, and defending these important issues and bringing them to our attention as well. We just act as a support group to you guys and and others around the country as a resource to be able to provide information that you guys need to be able to to fight the battles that you're fighting as well. So thanks for the work you're doing. Uh, But as you said, yeah, look, this is, to put this kind of broader context, I think we all remember what COVID has been like, or maybe we're trying to forget what it has been like anyway. But, you know, a year ago at this time, uh, we were uh, actively involved in a lot of cases around the country about restrictions placed upon houses of worship throughout the country. On Easter weekend, Good Friday, we filed the first lawsuit, I think, in the nation on this issue. And then the very next day, we won so that churches could be able to go, uh, I'm sorry, that people could go to their church in their car, sit in the parking lot inside their car, and listen to their pastor on a sermon. But the the mayor of Louisville didn't want to have that happen. In fact, he was going to send the police out to write down license plates numbers and uh, force people into a 14-day quarantine, or what we used to call house arrest, period, uh, to make sure that these people would not be able to worship correctly. And, and, and it, just, it, was, it was absurd. To think back on that now almost seems crazy now that we know more about the virus, but this is what we were facing, and we have saw it all over the place, including here in the state of Texas. In fact, 
Uh, we had some cities here in the state of Texas, as I told the legislature when I was down there, that put such onerous restrictions upon houses of worship uh, that not even the 12 disciples could have met inside of a 40,000 square foot building. I mean, it was, it was ridiculous. Uh, the kind well, of they were I remember on. when you said that, and I'm smiling because it, it's such a great way to capture this issue and example, but you think about, and, and it makes it, it just reminds you of sort of how ridiculous it is and but how concerning it should be, right? You think about the biblical origins of the Christian faith and how that relates uh, to people getting together, and you know, and, and oftentimes right after uh, you know the death and resurrection of Christ, how people were in hiding and there was a lot of scrutiny, and it feels like oh that was so long ago, and then you come to today and last year, and you're like, wait a minute, this seems very familiar to what you know we read about in the Bible and how um, you know just how much of a concern it should be. And so in the work that we do, we don't think that every law uh, that is written or, or the best way to, you know, address an issue is to, oh, let's go write a piece of legislation. That's, this is going to solve all of our problems or even one piece of uh, litigation, you know, one court case. But it certainly does matter. And it has its role. As I was taught in law school, the law is a teacher. So what we say in the law does matter and can have an impact. And hopefully it'll be a deterrent to elected officials moving forward to not do this. And they've learned some of their lessons. As a matter of fact, that was some of the testimony on the House side, you know, where people felt like, OK, we get it. You know, don't beat us up too much. You know, we probably overstepped. And so we're not going to do it again. But unless it's written specifically in law and a lot of times y'all deal with this in litigation, unless it's in the agreed, you know, settlement order, you can't do this. Sometimes those government officials, that's the only way to hold them accountable. So it's important to get these things done. And so I really appreciate y'all's involvement with this. And you have seen it in a larger perspective and what's happening in other parts of the country. And, and that's been relevant to this discussion. Yeah, and, and it continues, right? I mean, we, we've seen it from uh, cities like McKinney that prohibited even people going through a food. Uh, uh, the churches want to pass out food. Hey, remember during the pandemic, the early parts, food was yeah. getting to be scarce. And this church was trying to provide food to those who didn't have any. And, and the city and the county were a little bit obstreperous on that, not letting them to do that kind of thing. Uh, and then we saw it when schools went back into session or tried to go back into session down in South Texas, where Christian schools wanted to reopen. And the county uh, agents down there uh, said, uh, no, they couldn't do that. Well, we sent a letter that said, well, yes, they can go have a nice day. They're going to do it anyway, because the Constitution of Texas and the United States says that they're allowed to do that. And you don't have any, any kind of jurisdiction here. Uh, but we continue to see this. Just last week, we were up in the state of Massachusetts working on a case involving uh, the city there clamping down on a church from meeting in person again. Uh, you saw in California here recently that the state of California, rightly, has been forced to pay uh, over a million dollars now in attorney's fees for trampling on the rights of churches out there. And yet they continue to have some regulations on the books that are, well, not only anti-science, but certainly uh, anti-religious and, and, and discriminatory against people of faith in that state. The state of Oregon still requires a, uh, a mask mandate pretty much everywhere you go, and now are requiring houses of faith to check vaccination cards before they let people wow. inside the door. So yeah, look, continue these, to be a problem. These are some of the greatest fears that people had too. You know, would the government do this? Surely they wouldn't do that. You know, and, and you see examples of that where that's exactly what they're doing in a lot of situations. And so, you know, look, we, you talk about a lot of a uh, couple of cases here in Texas, some outside the state. There are, I don't know, over 20 states now that are considering pieces of legislation like the one here in Texas. We're talking with Jeremy Dice, special counsel for First Liberty Institute, about protecting places of worship. House Bill 1239 that Texas values 
has vigorously supported and has gotten bipartisan support is pretty close to being finished, but it's still waiting its final procedural vote. We expect that to be happening today, Friday, as the legislature comes up onto a very important deadline. That bill has passed the Senate and the House. They're just trying to give it one last procedural vote, but we do need to get this done before the session's over. And it's going to be over in a couple of weeks. Jeremy, you know, your work in, in the work at First Liberty Institute, led by our good friend, I say good friend, my former uh, colleague and, and really boss and mentor, Kelly Shackelford, who has such a presence and a namesake, if you will, in the state of Texas. We named an award after him. A lot of people think a lot about not only Kelly, but the work that your group does. And I hear that a lot at the Texas Capitol. They think of y'all first when they think, you know, when they get to an issue on religious liberty, they need to know what's the legal authority, what's the right thing to follow. I know y'all provide that service in other states. And so it matters when you get involved and when you guys are ready to step up. But one of the things I talked about is, you know, I think it's part of y'all's wish, too. You know, we shouldn't have to go to court on some of these things. And hopefully, if we've got legislation on these matters, um, it, you, know, you may have some government officials that will try. But at least now you've got something in law that makes it much more difficult so the church's leaders can focus on giving out food. So they can focus on sharing God's word on Sunday and not being worried that they're going to end up in court on Monday. That's exactly right. And drawing the lines as to where the appropriate authority for the church and the state might be here uh, and reminding the government that they are not God themselves. Uh, right? That, but look, the government serves a very important, useful and even blessed role that, that God has ordained for, for them but they are not in competition with the divine. Uh, This is not something that they get to kind of trump God at his word on things. And when he's directed his church to do various things or other religious bodies to do their uh, mission, the church or the state has got to respect that as well. Uh, And so I think this bill, which you guys have really spearheaded down there at the legislature, uh, does a good job at uh, drawing that appropriate line to remind state officials and especially local officials, because it seems to be where most of the rub has come in here, uh, it's been everywhere, federal, state, and local officials that have uh, engaged in this discrimination, but it reminds them that uh, there is a line of demarcation that says you cannot cross. Uh, and that's an important reminder to respect the sanctity of the church. And as we've said before, the sanctity of the sanctuary itself to allow no, the you're, church you're to be the right. church. You're absolutely right. And, and some of that is an indication that some government officials have forgotten, or if they ever did, They've lost respect for the church in a lot of ways. And you look at the ice storms we had in Texas, other natural disasters, the government can't do it on their own. They heavily rely on the churches. In our view, they are essential in so many ways and really are, are, are have a much more significant role and should than the government in the community. But I'm hoping that this will be a reminder that there needs to be a mutual respect, that the government needs to know where the lines are drawn that have been drawn constitutionally. And to have faith and trust that the churches will do the right thing that works for them, but that also that they're so valuable that they need to be open in crisis situations. And we saw churches, they were able to decide on their own, right? If they felt like they could open and they on their own adopted some own safety procedures. So we know a lot of that's happening anyway, without the government having to force or threaten them uh, to go to court or threaten them with fines or God forbid, end up in jail. And so it's about setting that standard, right? And so, and I'm hoping that we'll see a return to that, but I feel much better that we're in a position to do that when we have a a law in place or we've got lawyers that are ready to go to court. Let's talk for just a second before we conclude about that California case. So, because I think it's a good reminder for government officials to know, right? The first amendment should be enough. 
unfortunately, sometimes it's not. And the courts want to know, how do we apply the First Amendment to this new fact setting? Well, Governor Gavin Newsom got reminded, if you violate a constitutional right, it can cost the government. Yeah, no kidding. And as the Supreme Court had said in their case a couple months ago, this is now the fifth time that we've had to remind you about the importance of of respecting the sovereignty of the church itself. It's as almost as if the state of California, I was going to say, I just didn't get it, but that's not quite true. They had four different times to get it, and they still pushed on the issue. Uh, it, it's more, uh, at least it gives rise to the assumption that there are people there that simply want to oppress uh, people of faith. And, and the subtle thread that's run through that entire process is what you were just talking about a moment ago. It's almost as if people of faith, and that's regardless of what faith background they come from, but people of faith in particular have this sort of inability uh, or immaturity to be able to address the pandemic in front of them. I'm reminded, I think it was Justice Gorsuch in one of his opinions, talked about the fact that Hollywood managed to find a way to hold the masked singer. You could have uh, you know, testing there, but churches weren't even given that option. You, you could go on and sing on the masked singer, but you couldn't be a masked singer inside of a church. That makes no sense whatsoever, other than to say that somebody wanted to discriminate against people of faith. So this soft bigotry against people of faith that has occurred during this pandemic ought to be called out roundly. And I think the legislation that you guys have so well spearheaded at the Texas legislature reminds government officials that they have a duty to respect people of faith, the practice that they provide, and not only the practice that they engage with, but most especially the service that they provide of caring and, 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 and comforting people in the time of great crisis as they've done in the last year. And I think that's the lesson that we're gonna come out of the 2020 pandemic with, or at least we should. And I hope history judges it kindly. That it yeah, was- No, look, I, I agree with you too. And the, freedom. Well, and the numbers show the, the value of it too, if you believe what polls say and so on. But there was a survey done towards the end of 2020 that people that were able to attend regular church services they were doing better mental health wise, if you will, in, in navigating the COVID pandemic and so on than people who are not. We, you and I know this, but I think it's a good reminder, too, to the government to know the value of that. And so uh, so House Bill 1239 just about done in the Texas House. We're hoping for a final vote today. Jeremy Dice and First Liberty Institute were able to provide meaningful an essential, I should say, testimony on this issue and many others. And so, Jeremy, so thankful for the work that you do and all the team at First Liberty Institute. God bless you. And thank you for being our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Thanks, Jonathan. And thanks for everything you guys do as well. All right, great. We're going to let Jeremy cut loose. We got a couple of other things we want to talk about, and they've got their own battles that they're still fighting and doing great work. You know, as you remember, I used to work with First Liberty Institute many years ago, and Kelly Shackelford who leads that group is on the board of Texas Values. So it's great to continue and have that connection and legacy. And so, but I tell you what, when, when the rubber meets the road, you can count on those guys too. It's not always just about having a friendship and a connection, but it's also, you pick up the phone, hey, we need you guys. They come running. So really encouraging on that. And so I, um, I was going to check and get an update for, from my team real quick. Okay. I thought we might be having an issue at the legislature that I needed to update y'all on live, which would have been a lot of fun. All right, so not the case yet. House Bill 1239, still looking for its final vote at the Texas legislature. We expect that to happen. All there is left for them to do is to vote that the House is gonna be okay with a couple of tweaks that the Senate made, more of a procedural issue. And so, uh, so we're coming up against the, the last 
hours in order to do that. But um, but that's the expectation. House Bill 1239, that's Scott Sanford is the representative, the House member in uh, carrying this bill. And in the Senate, it's Senator Angela Paxton, both of them doing such great work. Scott Sanford's an executive pastor of a church himself. Just we wanted a little bit more of a connection to know where he is on that issue. And so, but look, there's a lot to sort of wrap up from the state legislative session. We're not there yet, though. It's not over. Okay. Weird things can happen towards the last, you know, day. So don't think that it's done. If there's a piece of legislation you're still willing to work on, still time to do that as well. And so, and, you know, I don't know, we may get into some of the, the talk this week that the Lieutenant Governor has uh, suggested or has requested, if you were, I don't know if the right way to word it, has recommended to Governor Abbott that there be a special session on the Save Women's Sports issue, uh, bans against taxpayer-funded lobbying, and, um, and, and a couple of other issues that have been important to the Senate and to members of the legislature. And so, uh, but that's going to happen after the fact. The legislature, its regular session is still going on. It ends on Memorial Day. And that is Monday. Many of y'all be taking off. Maybe you want to come to the Capitol, spend your time watching all the uh, activities play out. My team will be there. I'll be there. You know, we got 12 members of the team at Texas Values. If you see value in work we do, please consider making a tax deductible donation today at txvalues.org. You can do that right now on the website. We are coming up against the end of the month. We're also coming up against the end of our fiscal year. Our fiscal year ends on June 30th of this year. We go from July 1 to June 30th where we wrap up all our books. We got to have the money in to cover those expenses. And they've been a lot heavier than this session than we expected, but we've been able to put that work right to use. One of the things that we've got going on in June, though, we got a great couple of events. The first one is a series of events. We're going around the state to recap the session, but also to give people an opportunity to support us financially. So in Fort Worth is the first of the events, June 16th. Okay. It's just a couple of about two and a half weeks away. That's on a Wednesday evening. We're having a dinner at Joe T. Garcia's. All right. The author of the heartbeat bill, Shelby Slauson, off of her freshman legislative session. She's going to be there in person. Okay. If you want to hear some of the stories, how this bill became a law, talk about the governor bill signing that we were at for the heartbeat law last week. She's going to be there in person. Her district is not far from Fort Worth. Also, Claire Colwell, if you haven't heard her story of being a survivor of an abortion, I, I, I'm not even really want to get into the details because you got to hear it from her. She's going to be there as well. Uh, I think Representative Matt Krause, some other notables, Kelly Shackelford, speaking of First Liberty Institute leader, Kelly Shackelford's going to be there. Uh, boy, we're going to need a bigger room at Joe T. Garcia's next time because we're just about sold out. I think we almost, you know, only thing we've got less is a few regular price tickets and our VIP seats. That includes a, a book by Claire Colwell. We're going to try to get it signed for you. Take a group picture with Kelly Shackelford, Shelby Slauson. Get that VIP package, but that helps support the work we do. But you're going to hear a lot of the inside story about how the heartbeat law got passed. Did you see, by the way, what the president's administration said? We put this up on social media this week, but uh, Biden's administration, his White House press secretary was asked a question about the Texas heartbeat law. And she said it's one of the strictest and, if you will, strongest uh, laws. I think she, were, she used the word strictest, one of the strictest, you know, abortion related laws in the state. And, you know, we're like, wow, yeah, I guess it is that important. And we've thought that there's a lot of value in one of the strongest pro-life laws in the state. But, hey, take it from President Biden, okay? that they think it's one of the strongest measures or strictest measures out there. That's what the pro-abortion side is saying, right? 
they think it's one of the things that, you know, in many years, if in recent history, is the hardest thing that they've had to go against. As a matter of fact, uh, there was a quote or a summary sort of of a viewpoint of the pro-abortion side that they said, yeah, this law is likely to cause our lawyers so much money in court that it's going to bankrupt pro-abortion entities. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like a good thing. Okay. And not a really good talking point for them to be using, uh, but for our side to recognize the value of this law, the value of the work that we all did collectively together to get the heartbeat law passed. One of the most significant accomplishments of this legislative session and likely to be one of the most talked about issues of this legislative session as we move forward in one of the most significant pro-life laws to be passed in the state of Texas, if not ever for, for really in recent memory in some time. But remember, it's real simple. If a heartbeat is detected, the baby must be protected. And we hope that this will go a long way to, as Governor Abbott said, eradicating abortion in the state of Texas. There are 50,000 abortions in the state of Texas. It's, it's heartbreaking when you think about it. But this was the main pro-life bill that Texas Values worked on this session. We, we worked on many others as well, but this is the one that was our top priority. Uh, we didn't talk a lot about that during the session because sometimes that allows the other side to to motivate them to more so to zero in on a, on a piece of legislation. But we've been working on this for probably close to two years. Uh, a lot of work happens before the session starts going into this. And so, uh, but I, I'm going to say really some of the good stories for our event in June. June 16, Joe T. Garcia's go to our website, txvalues.org, click the events tab, sign up. You want to get tickets. We're just about sold out. June 23rd, we're having a lunch reception at Maggiano's in Dallas. And then in Houston on June 21st, we've got a great event over at the Junior League with Steve Dace, who is a, a conservative national talk show host. He's also got a best-selling book out right now. So he's going to be in Houston with us and a couple of other members. We may have somebody else related to the heartbeat law that's going to be at the Houston event. That's June 21st. And then on June 28th, we're going to be in San Antonio. So several opportunities in different parts of the state for you to come hear us, see us in person, see other distinguished guests and so on, and hear some stories about what happened during the session and what we need to be thinking about moving forward. As a matter of fact, also in the San Antonio area, a very important election. There's a runoff election in the city of San Antonio. Check that out. We've got an action site, txvaluesaction.org, where you can find out more about those local elections. I think election day for the runoff is June 1st for at least one city council seat, if not others. So some and, and across other parts of the state, there are runoff elections for those local city council school board races. Make sure you know what's going on. Check freevotersguide.com. I believe we've got some guidance on some of those candidates if you want to take a look at it. So what's going to be coming up pretty soon when the session ends is our partner group, Texas Values Action, is going to be putting together a scorecard, right? Somebody's always keeping score. Let's see where they ended up during the legislative session. They said they were with you and they stood for uh, Texas Values of Faith, Family, and Freedom for Pro-Life, Religious Liberty, Family Values. Well, we're going to find out when the numbers all shake out where uh, your state House and Senate member landed on some of the most important issues. And so that's going to take us a little bit of time. It doesn't come out the day after the session's over. Uh, but check for updates on that. And so, but, you know, look, our work is not done at the state capitol. Like I said, um, we're going to be there uh, today. We're going to be there Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I think they're going to be meeting on Saturday and Sunday. And then the final day of the legislative session is May 31st. And so, but look for some of those events that we're going to be have happening across uh, the state where you can find out what we're doing. You can get plugged in. 
We've got a new intern that started with us. We'll try to bring her on the radio show next week. And if you're interested, we've got a couple of openings too. We have a full-time communications position and we have a full-time director of operations position. Our organization is growing every year and certainly every month. So if you want to get involved in what we do, a lot of opportunities to do that. We have internships available all throughout the year. It's not just during the summer or the legislative session. And so just keep that in mind. We really want to keep uh, that interaction and providing that resource and value to young people as we've done for many years and have uh, really a tremendous legacy of our interns going on to do some great things. And we're excited for them about that. And so, um, as you may hear, you may have heard David Walls is going to be leaving our team. He's going on to do great things. We're excited about that um, in uh, the state of Kentucky. And we'll have more details on what he's doing. But it's really a great opportunity and, and sort of a step up, if you will. And so, you know, look, he prayed about it, felt God's calling. And so he's going to move. So we're cheering him on, even though we'll miss having him. And he's been an essential part of our work for so many years from the beginning really was a co-founder of Texas Values back in 2012. So, David, you and your team, God bless you. We're, we're wishing you well as you move forward. And so I'm just trying to see if I'm getting some updates from our team on how we're doing. Okay, so I did get an update that, uh, and I'm excited to tell you all about it live if I can get my adjustments here. The final vote has been taken on House Bill 1239. Greg, don't get in my shot here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So 113 to 30. House Bill 1239, the Freedom to Worship Act that protects churches, that makes it clear that the government cannot shut them down, whether pandemic or other settings, is going to the governor's desk. We're excited about that. This has been a top priority for Texas values. Without question, the top religious liberty uh, um, priority for Texas values this session. Thank you, Scott Sanford. Thank you, Senator Angela Paxton, all the members of the legislature, Governor, uh, excuse me, Lieutenant Governor Patrick. For making this a priority item in the Senate. And I don't think there's any question. We'll, we expect Governor Abbott will be signing that bill as soon as it gets to his desk. So we appreciate all the things that he has done to communicate his strong support for religious liberty and protecting our places of worship. And so with that great announcement, House Bill 1239, Freedom to Worship Act, is done, headed to the governor's desk for his signature. So huge victory and another opportunity to know that you will see a return on your investment in the work we do at Texas Values. Go to txvalues.org, make a tax-deductible donation today for faith, family, and freedom in Texas. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.